Did you see that somebody went out and bought, went out and bought Pucka Chai Vanilla Tea, whatever it is, the one that you're always drinking? And then they bought my dreamy Marks and Spencer's tea as well. Did Shut you see? Up. No, I didn't see oh, that. When tag- did that happen? They tagged us in their Instagram post. It's just like, oh, being oh, inspired by Me Time and Murder to try these teas. And I was like, oh my I God. I missed that. That is so cute. Yeah. Warning. Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Here Dancing around him. Reciting <laughs> poetry. Yes. 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 <laughs> oh my God. That's crazy. No. Why? <laughs> Oh, well, big surprise. Oh, God. <laughs> Dead on the bathroom floor. Did it? It's okay. Oh. <laughs> Tres, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Pucka Three Ginger Tea. Lovely. My favourite. What are you drinking today, Marion? I am drinking my Marks and Spencer's strawberry tea. Nice. Mm. Strawberry and raspberry. Hot or cold? Hot. It's October, nice. so it's getting a bit chilly over here. Oh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> Let me see. What temperature are we talking? What was the weather today? 26 degrees. Shut up. What? Are you being serious? Yeah. So, so it's getting cold. Room, that's hot. <laughs> I just came back from a holiday in Lisbon and like when it was 23, I was like, oh, oh, so hot. <laughs> Um, over here. One sec, my watch. I'm looking at it's you're currently it's nine degrees. Nine degrees. Wow, that is cold. Mm-hmm. 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 It's going to rain tomorrow, apparently. It says it's raining right now on my watch, but I'm looking outside and it's not raining. I remember that time we went to Japan, and I thought, I don't know. I just thought it's not going to be cold, and it was. Yeah. Do you Japan remember? Was freezing, wasn't it? Do you remember how cold it was? Yeah, yeah. we were not prepared. I'd I did not have, no, 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 I did not have, I just kind of layered loads of, like, tops. And I don't know why we thought it would, I don't know, because we go on holiday to the heat, so we're I like, know. holiday I so is, naive. Yeah, so and, like, some days it was nice, but it, it, it dropped down to about, definitely it was around, like, 9, 10, something like yeah. that, at some yeah. points. Anyway. Oh, what about your me time? Me time, I'm actually putting on some nail polish. It's Ooh. Barry M Rose Tinted Jelly Nail Paint Blush. So that is a really long That's a long name. It's basically, it's a pink <laughs> nail polish. <laughs> what about you? What are you doing? I have got my Olaplex in. Oh, nice. How is that going? So I figured out that I was actually doing it wrong. <laughs> I was like... Oh, shit. I don't know if I left it in one of the recordings, but I was like... It was, it was like, I could feel it on my hair. I was like, why is it? Yes, like, I, I, I could, remember you saying. Oh, yeah. God. And then I, I was reading the instructions again. And it's like, you're actually, meant, I thought you're meant to rinse it out. You're meant to wash it out, like shampoo oh, it out. Okay, okay. I was like, ah. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. So I'm sort of basically starting from scratch again. Okay, so we'll, you'll give an update in another few weeks. I'm sure it was still doing something to your I'm hair. I'm sure it didn't do anything bad. But oh, I also yeah. dyed my hair uh, darker. I put some brown Did in you? it. Yeah. Just right. like darken it. It was just, I love being blonde, but like if you just keep adding blonde, you just get blonder and blonder and blonder and then the roots mm-hmm. come back so strong. So I yeah. just like just add some brown to like darken it up. Also, it's coming into winter, so. Nice. Yeah. The one thing though is that I think I look so 
pale with the dark hair. So then I have to start putting on fake tan. That is the issue. With the dark hair, makes you look even Uh whiter. That is the problem. Yeah. I wish I had blonde hair so that I didn't have to put on tan. (gasps) Yeah. It's so tempting to go blonde just for that, but... Yeah. Um, I, I just have so much hair that I don't know. It'd be too expensive. It'd be too expensive. And then do you know what? Like, my hair would probably like not fall out. It's very dramatic. But you know, it would probably like it's not, not be able to hair. keep it at the same length. Yeah, it probably wouldn't ever be the same if I did it. But mm-hmm. I know, I think when I'm older, I'll have to. I'm going grey. <gasps> really? Me time update for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, I have a lot of greys. Where? Yeah. I have a few uh, greys. Like at my temple above my ears. Oh, on both sides. I think that's where mummy started that to go grey. Yeah, that is, I think where most women start is that weird area. Now, it's underneath. It's not like on the top of my head or anything. Mm-hmm. But if I scrape my hair up into a ponytail, you can see it. So well, I never really? wear a ponytail anyway. Yeah, you can see it. I've um, got mine right at the um, at the top of my forehead. Oh, yeah. no. But then, see, you're blonde. You'll get away with it. You can't see it. See, that's it. the thing. Yeah, you can't really see it that with much. The black, with the my hair, you can see it. So it's becoming an issue. Remember Kathleen got... I think... I don't know if this is proper grey or if it's, like, stress. Because you can, like, get grey hairs oh, yeah, from stress. she got a streak. Yeah, do you remember Kathleen got a streak? And I, mine's I in the same spot cool. as where Kathleen's is. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's, like, at the top of <laughs> my forehead. Oh, maybe you got the same thing. I don't know. Maybe it is. But like, I remember she used to just have to just dye that one piece of hair. Oh, it <laughs> yeah. wasn't there like a, a character on like X-Men that had that. That's right. She got struck Storm. by lightning or was something. What was she called? Not Storm. He, he, she, the one, it was Anna she was Paquin. Wolverine's friend. Yeah, I never really liked her that much. Oh, I don't like Maybe her. I was just jealous of her in Romeo and Juliet. She was in Romeo and Juliet? Yeah. No, you're getting her confused with Claire, oh, Claire Danes. Oh, yes, I'm getting confused, yes. Yeah. I thought that was the same girl. Okay. Um. Yeah, who, like, I don't know, grey hair. Ugh. <laughs> it's just a constant battle. Maybe I should just let my body be what I want to be. No, I will hold on to my wants youth. to be pale no. <laughs> and grey. Just stop tanning, stop dying, everything. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we are on episode two of the Acid Bath Murderer. Do you want to so fill everybody in of what's been going on, Trez? Oh, Lord, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> oh, my God, why have I forgotten his name? No, it'll come to me. Begins with a J. John. Yes. It's such a basic name. I, know. <laughs> I forgot that name. Um, yes, yeah, so John, what's his surname? Hey. Hey, John Hey. Um, rough religious upbringing. I I would obviously recommend listening to the first episode, but um, mm-hmm. he had a rough religious upbringing, and he's motivated by money. Mm-hmm. He became a fraudster, and now he's moved on to being a fraudster and a murderer. Mm-hmm. He murdered a close fam, a family that he was very close with, and that looked after him in his basement by. turning them to sludge through acid Mm -hmm. and pouring them into the drain into the sewer in London Mm -hmm. he's left that basement lived in a hotel Mm -hmm. at Kensington for two years and blew through all that family's money he killed all the family Mm -hmm. 
Um, and now he's, his eyes set on a new couple. They must be rich. What are they called? The um, Hendersons. Hendersons. Um, they must be wealthy. Mm-hmm. He's, he's going to befriend them or he's already friends? Where did he meet them, I wonder? Was it in the Kensington? Or? Oh, we're going to get into it. Okay. All right. And he had the crazy nightmares. Uh, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, uh, where there was a man making him drink blood. And then so when mm-hmm. he killed the McSwans, he drank their blood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, creepy mm-hmm. shit like that, yeah. It's a big part of his, yeah. A lot going on. So he's into it as well. Like, I think he told himself, oh, I'm just killing them so I can get away with my th- fraud. But mm-hmm. he's Yeah, yeah, he's enjoying the murders, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, yeah so that's where we are, just uh, if you have forgotten. So, again, thank you to our Patreon, Stephanie Leader, for recommending this case. And for supporting Me Time and Murder. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes, so last episode we left off with the younger couple, Dr. Archibald and his wife, Rose Henderson. So John Hay targeted his next victims, the Hendersons. The Hendersons had a recently moved house and were selling their old one. So John pretended that he was interested in buying. So he went and visited the open house. After this meeting, the Hendersons were quite taken by John. They spoke about properties and passion for music. So the Hendersons asked John, hey, why don't you come? We're having a housewarming party. You should come and play the piano for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, John agreed and attended the party and everything went without a hitch. He didn't kill anybody at this party. It was all all fine, rubbing shoulders. Except for when he sneakily stole Dr. Henderson's revolver. Oh, no. Over the next few weeks, John got close with the Hendersons as he reassembled his workshop of death. Oh, my God. This time in Sussex, he reassembled his workshop and ordered some more sulfuric acid. On the 12th of February, 1948, John told Dr. Henderson that he had an invention he had engineered in his workshop. And he asked the doctor, would you come and check it out, take a look? The Hendersons agreed, and together all three drove to John's Sussex workshop. Oh my God, what do they think it is? I know, I thought it was... (sighs) Mrs. Henderson waited in the car while Dr. Henderson walked down the basement stairs and entered the dark basement workshop. John stood behind Dr. Archibald Henderson and pointed his own revolver at the doctor. John then shot him in the back of the head. John ran back upstairs quickly and panically he told Mrs. Henderson that Archibald had fallen over ill. So of course she jumps out of the car and runs down to go see her sick husband. But as she stood in the basement, most likely looking at her husband dead on the floor, John shot Rose in the back of the head. Oh, God. John claimed that he slit the Henderson's throats and drank their blood. Oof. Like the McSwan family, John placed the Hendersons in acid-filled baths and left them to dissolve over the next few days, during which he forged the Hendersons' signatures and sold all their possessions, all except their car and their pet dog, which he kept. Just kept their dog. Remember how his 
friends or dogs when he was a kid. You're right, yeah, because he had no friends. He Mm -hmm. liked the pets. He likes dogs more than he likes people. (gasps) John also gave Mrs. Henderson's clothes and other items to his girlfriend, Barbara. Oh, he's still with Barbara? Yes, Barbara is still about. Wait a minute, 13-year-old? Yes. How old is she now? She's like 15. And he's like, oof, oof. he's like 32 or something. It's like, ugh. <laughs> so <laughs> wrong. It's oh so my God. Wrong. So gross. I don't even know how you can be attracted to, obviously, like, I understand I pedophilia. But I just like. Yeah. But see, I don't think they viewed it as pedophilia back then. No, back then, no. But it was. Yeah, it, 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 it was. was. I didn't think of it. Because she way. would have looked like a child. That's the thing. I'm like, I work <clears throat> with like 12 year olds. And I'm just like. Who could ever find you attractive? You're just... Uh, it's, it's an, it's, well, I don't know. I think sometimes when people say it's an illness, like people get angry because they feel like it's an excuse, but... Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's the worst. Oh, this poor girl. Okay. Poor Barbara still. So he's still with Barbara and she's getting this, like, full-grown woman's clothes. I'm mm-hmm. sure she doesn't even want those. Mm-hmm. And he, so he's doing all this and he's still, like, juggling the girlfriend. And whose family did she come from again? She came from when he was on parole. He had to stay with a family oh, yeah. who would like monitor him or whatever. And okay, she yeah, was the yeah. daughter. Okay, so she's still with him. She with him while he stayed in the hotel for two years. I believe so. This is very weird. Isn't it? Yeah. Wouldn't you think that she'd be confused? Like, where are you getting all this what money from? He, what, yeah, like, what is he at? Mm, okay. John returned to the Sussex workshop a few days later to dispose of the bodies. However, this time, it was a little bit different. A bit lazy this time. Oh. The new space he had rented did not have access to a manhole drain like the Gloucester Road workshop did. Mm. Mm-hmm. John this time chose to dispose of the bodies on a pile of rubbish in the corner of the garden. What an idiot. Or sorry, not rubbish, rubble. So there's like, you know, bricks and lumps of clay oh, and, and he just dumps it on the top. What? However, Dr. Henderson had not fully dissolved. Mm-hmm. Floating in the acid bath was a partially dissolved foot. Oh my God. Unbothered by this, John just tipped it out and left it on top of the rubble. Just... A foot. Okay, so John has gone crazy at this point. If he, if that doesn't bother him, if he doesn't notice it, mm-hmm. he's either gone insane or he's gone. He, he's not cockiness because that's just stupidity. Mm-hmm. So I think he's gone insane at this point. What do you think? <sighs> no, he wouldn't just because it is because he's still planning. You know what I mean? He's rented the yeah. workshop and stuff like that. I think it is. I know, but yeah. his job's not done. Stuff. But you can't do well, where unless the garden is a really secretive area that you thought no one's going to find it anyway. I think he really did think he was invincible and nobody would ever uh, twig. Okay. Over the next few months, John had to maintain the impression that the Hendersons were still alive. So he wrote letters to Rose's brother, informing him that his sister and brother-in-law had went on a trip. Rose oh, so like talented, Mister Ripley. It oh is right. Rose's brother reacted unexpectedly and informed John that if he didn't hear from his family, he would go to the police. 
So this didn't happen with the McSwans. People were just like, okay, they're vacationing. No questions mm-hmm. asked. But this new guy is like causing problems. Mm-hmm. John had to come up with something convincing. So he told him that actually they're not on holiday. The Hendersons had to flee to South Africa because Dr. Henderson carried out an illegal abortion. So you okay. can't tell anybody blah, blah, blah. So this excuse did the trick. I love how abortions were like illegal, but you can be dating a 13 year old. <laughs> right? Jesus. <sighs> oh, what? Yep. Um, okay. Right. So it's been a few months since John Hay has murdered Dr. and Rose, Dr. Archibald and Rose Henderson. And he is, John is running out of money again. So in June 1948, a few months after John murdered the Hendersons, John claimed that his car was stolen to claim the insurance money. However, Mm -hmm. it was later found by the police, smashed at the foot of a cliff. John told Barbara that he wrote off the car as he needed the car insurance money. This is when Barbara became suspicious of her soon-to-be husband. He's murdering people and stealing their money, but he's also still wheeling and dealing on the side, like with like these insurance scams and stuff. He's got lots mm-hmm. of stuff going on all the time, and he's still hemorrhaging money. I know, it's never enough. What on earth is he doing? I mean, like, I'm not sure you're allowed to gamble. Can you just put down whatever you want? Like, I know, it's very unethical kind of field, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To just be taking people's money like that. <gasps> So, while he's living this high life, he's living at an exclusive London hotel. I can't remember what it's called. Kensington? I think he's at... Is he at, He might is be it, still at the Kensington. He might is be he a still different there? one. Okay. Um, you know, you've got to try them all, darling. Oh. It is while living at this exclusive hotel that he meets and befriends the much older lady and socialite, Mrs. Olive Durand Deacon, a 69-year-old widow. Uh-oh. John introduced himself to Olive as an engineer and she was delighted to hear this because she had a great idea for artificial fingernails. Oh my god. <laughs> so did she did she, she did she like invent this? <laughs> Should we tell people what happened? If you want. So, so <laughs> Trez's recording just stopped. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and we we lost a few minutes, so we had to redo this all. So this over. is my acting voice. <laughs> this is my surprise. Oh, oh my god, fingernails! I feel like we had such a good conversation about all of them fingernails, and it's gone. It's very hard to recreate. I don't think you recreate. can recreate it. You can't recreate it anyway. But we were talking about so all the sales off. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh well. So. John told Olive, "Give me a few weeks, and I'll see what I can do for you and your your fake nails." Mm-hmm. So she's delighted. She's so uh, so excited. On the eighteenth of February, nineteen forty nine, a year and one week to the day of the Henderson murders, John Hay lured the old and frail Olive to his workshop with the promise of showing her her artificial fingernails. Can you imagine? She's so excited to go down and see She'd be so excited. That's awful. Once there, John shot Olive Dern Deacon in the base of her skull. Mm. He was still holding on to Dr. Henderson's gun. John then stripped Olive of all of her jewellery, valuables and fur coat. 
He then dropped her in the steel bath and tipped it full of sulfuric acid. Two days later, Olive's friend Constance filed a missing person report. And now, finally, detectives are on the case. Woohoo! Something's being done. Mm-hmm. It didn't take police long to learn that Olive had been spending her time with another hotel resident, John Hay. This was also the man she was last seen with. Oh. So all of this is new to you now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no more acting. The acting is over. Yeah. yeah. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not good at it. Upon further inspection of John Hay, the police found his lengthy rap sheet for fraud, stealing, swindling, and possible oh. car insurance schemes. Uh-huh. Elsewhere, and oblivious to the police investigation, John Hay's problems are piling up. The money he stole from Olive does not cover the debt and loans that he owes. He tried to lure other wealthy hotel residents to the Sussex workshop of death, but with no success. Also, Rose Henderson's brother is writing and bothering John again. This time he has actually contacted the London police. He says that there's been a death in the family and he needs to contact his sister, but this John guy will not share the address. John mm-hmm. realised that this brother was a loose end, an issue not about to end anytime soon. John wrote a letter to Rose's brother, but before he could send it into his hotel room, charged the police and he was under arrest. Oh, thank God. Yeah. It took a lot of people down. Didn't he? Yeah. So, John Hay was mistakenly of the opinion that nothing would be found in his workshops. Uh-huh. When questioned by the police, he only ever responded, no body, no crime, no punishment. However, he was soon to realise that this is, in fact, not the case. Police, detectives and prosecutors had a mountain of forensic hard evidence. Police mm-hmm. found John's briefcase. In it was a dry dry cleaner's receipt for Olive's fur coat, as well as... <laughs> I know. What an idiot. That's right, he gave... Wait. No, he gave the Henderson ladies clothes to I think he Barbara probably gave all of the stuff to Barbara. He probably gave the fur Barbara coat Barbara don't want too. some 69-year-old's clothes. Right. I don't know. Fur coats are expensive. They are expensive. Um, yeah, mm. maybe he sold the coat. Yeah, I feel like he's probably going to sell it. Um, they also find legal papers referring to the Hendersons and the McSwans properties. So he's holding on to all yes. of this evidence in his briefcase. Yeah. Like I mentioned before, the workshop in Sussex did not contain an accessible drain, manhole or gutter mm-hmm. anywhere. Mm-hmm. And even though the acid had destroyed most of the evidence, some things remained. Now, these pieces of humans were not just sitting on top of the rubble or in the bottom of the drain. The forensic team had sifted through tons of mud and sludge, wearing rubber gloves and covered in Vaseline to protect them from the acid. Can you imagine being those oh. invest? Oh, and they have to go through it with their hands. Oh, it's the worst. That is the worst. Oh, so gross. Mm-hmm. The forensic team found the following items. The handle of a red plastic bag, a lipstick container, intact upper and lower dentures, 
18 <gasps> fragments of human bone, three gallstones, part <clears throat> of a left foot, and t- man. Yeah. Anderson's. Uh-huh. And 28 pounds of human body fat. Oh, so fat doesn't like to dissolve in the acid? It's, it probably floated to the top, right? Okay. Right. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's so gross. 28 pounds of human fat. Oh, my God. Okay. With the mountain of evidence growing, John, th- John knew he was not getting away with his murders. He knew that was it. He was done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <coughs> this is when he asked the lead detective how likely it is to be released from a psychiatric hospital. The detective said he was not allowed to discuss this sort of thing with him. John replied, Well, if I told you the truth, you wouldn't believe me. It sounds too fantastic to believe. This is when John gave his full confession. He confessed that he had killed all of Durn Deacon, the McSwans and the Hendersons and drank all of their blood. John also confessed... If I was him, I'd leave the blood bit out. (laughs) People need to know that. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I think this though, is why I do think he's a little insane. But yeah. it does, it does strike me sometimes that sometimes some of the killers they do give the detail, and I'm like, why are you doing that? But it's also like he's he's sort of thinking maybe I can get into an asylum mm, if I tell them how crazy it was. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, it is crazy. Mm-hmm. John also confessed to murdering three other people. A that young, we don't know about. Exactly, yes. A young man oh. called Max, a girl from Eastbourne, and a woman from ha- Hammersmith. However, oh these claims could never be substantiated or proven. Right. Yeah. Love the name Max. Max? It's quite a common Isn't name. It cool. Is it? It is. Yeah. Nah. Who do you know that's called Max? I worked with a guy called Max. Where is he from? England. Oh, okay. It just makes me think of Goofy movie. Oh, the son was called Max? He was called Max. Max Goof. (laughs) (laughs) It's all sounds cool name. Yeah. It makes me think of whenever Homer Simpson changed his name to Max. He's seen seen on the hairdryer and he turned it on to Max Power (laughs) and he changed his name to Max Power. Oh, that's right. Max Power. That is a cool name. That is funny. Max Power. Anyway, sorry, sorry. Where were we? Of course, John also told the police officer about drinking the blood of his victims as well as his blood-filled dreams. Psychiatrists were brought in to evaluate John whether he was fit to stand trial or not. Before the trial, John was examined by several doctors and psychologists. They were all mostly interested in John's claims to have a need to drink blood. You see, I'm starting to think, and I probably should have twigged to this earlier. Mm -hmm. Well, I did kind of. Whenever Mm -hmm. you were reciting the dream, Uh I I, I remember thinking this this feels a little bit made up. Mm -hmm. So do we, did he just make the whole dream thing up and the drinking the blood up? I know. And how you meant... Because it was like, there was too many things going on. I'm like, okay, see the acid bath, but now you're drinking the blood. It just never sit right with me. It was just sort of like too much so uh, this is now making a lot more sense i think that he's made this up and he's a compulsive liar he, like you yeah know, so he told his, his wife that the yeah. marriage was fake and it wasn't and you know and he mm-hmm. was like a swindler yeah he just makes up whatever suits him yeah yeah so it's hard to know 
if it is real or not. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I think he's making it up. <laughs> yeah, I do. Doctor said in the court that usually compulsions like drinking blood are part of like a sexual deviation related mm. to the act of violence. However, mm-hmm. they said that John was not motivated and had very little interest in sex. So they couldn't mm-hmm. they couldn't like see see why was he drinking blood? It was very mm-hmm. fantastical. Mm-hmm. However, they did all agree that although he did suffer from mental health issues, he was not insane. The professionals okay. deduced that John had most likely developed a paranoid personality to escape his childhood. The isolated sect that he was brought up in had contributed to a mental state where lines between reality and fantasy were blurred. Mm-hmm. The doctors agreed that John was egocentric and paranoid. He knew that murder was wrong and had meticulously gone about planning and disposing of multiple murders. Mm-hmm. But whether or not he drank blood, who is to know? Mm. So he didn't get the insanity he wanted. <coughs> In your face. <laughs> When this came out, uh, it was absolutely huge. It was sensational. And Mm -hmm. we now know it as the acid bath murderer. But at the Mm -hmm. time, they were calling him the vampire killer. See, that's what I said. Yeah, right. To drink the... But but maybe it's now because we know that maybe he made that up. Yeah. It was the most sensational crime after World War II, despite there being no doubt in John's guilt. Like, it wasn't like, oh, did he do it? Did he not do it? Everybody knew he did it. But everybody Mm -hmm. was still obsessed with the case. Oh, yeah, you would be. Oh, yeah. On the 18th of July, 1949, 4,000 people crowded this tiny little town called Luz where the trial was to be held. Mm -hmm. All hoping to, like, get a seat in the courtroom. John had no money, as usual, (laughs) to pay for his defence. So the News of the World newspaper did a deal with him and they offered to pay for his counsel in exchange for an exclusive interview. Oh my God, do people do that? Isn't that bananas? That's so crazy. I've never heard of that happening before. I've never heard of that. They mustn't be allowed to do that anymore. Well, it's very unethical. It is, is it? Nice. Well, it well, is. No, it is. They're just hiring a lawyer. I don't think they're trying to get him off. <sighs> well, what if they did get him off? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then the newspaper is, it just feels, uh, not, yeah. Yeah. In court, John confidently continued to plead insanity. John seemed or at least acted as though he was unaware of the magnitude of his crimes even making light banter throughout proceedings. <laughs> what? Right. John's defence called many witnesses to attest to John's, John Hayes' childhood and afflicted paranoid mental state, but the prosecution argued back and they urged that the jury reject John's defence of insanity. And in the end, it was the defence's psychiatrist who failed to prove that John's judgement was impaired as well as the testimony from the detective when John asked how hard it is to get out of an asylum. 
What an idiot. He te- yeah. So that policeman testified and was just like, he, well, he asked me this. But do you think he did? Because that's a really stupid thing to ask. Isn't it? Also, you could just not, make that up. That's what I'm saying. He... I do believe that he did it, though, so your man didn't have to make that up, but... Well, I think people just really didn't want him to get away with the insanity thing, so... It's very hard to get insanity defence. The prosecution were able to call 33 witnesses to prove premeditation of murder for gain. They laid out the case in a basic chronology. Basically, Mm -hmm. the one I just gave to you. Mm Mm-hmm. It showed how rational John's movements were and it had not been the actions of someone with diminished responsibility. Mm-hmm. The prosecution declared that John Hay was a man who believed he had discovered the perfect crime, committed murder for money, and then pretended he wasn't seen when he was caught. Yeah. Classic. In the end, it took the jury only 15 minutes to, fi- to find him guilty. <laughs> Whoa. Right? Excuse me, I'd want to stay in there a little bit longer just to make it look good. I don't know. That's, just like, wow. That doesn't seem long enough. No. John was sentenced to death by hanging. Oh, okay. While in prison awaiting death, John wrote goodbye letters to his parents who never visited nor responded. <gasps> Brutal. He also sent a letter to Barbara. Oh, God. Who oh, was, I forgot about her and all of She is How still bouncing around. Failing? Yeah. God. She was the only one who seemed to be affected by the news of John being oh. a serial killer. And she was the only person to visit him in prison. <gasps> mm-hmm. Oh my God. When interviewed by reporters, she told them she wanted to understand what kind of man she had got involved with. She said she asked if he would have killed her. He said no. He said he would never... And he seemed genuine. But Barbara knew that at some point she may have succumbed to a similar fate when John would inevitably see her as an inconvenience. Uh, I think he only did it to people who had money. Yeah, I don't think she was at risk. No. Yeah. But you would be scared. I get that she's scared. Oh yeah, it would be scary. Mm. I think maybe if it was like, let's say she found out about one of his murders and then that put him at risk, she might he might kill her then. I don't know, but mm. close call for her anyway. She got, she got away. John also spoke to the news of the world in his exclusive. They reported that he showed no remorse and instead reveled in his revealing of grisly escapades. He loves the attention. Mm-hmm. On Wednesday, the 10th of August... 1949, John George Hay, the acid bath murderer and vampire, had his last meal. (gasps) What do you have? What do you have? You want to guess? Probably blood. (laughs) I know, what looks like blood? Spaghetti bolognese. I don't know. What do you have? A bloody steak. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just a glass of brandy. (laughs) Wait. Yeah, that's it. Is this you for real? Yeah, so sad. Oh, what a loser. That is, oh God. And then he was hung. Wow. Uh-huh. And that's the end? Um, Madame Tussauds requested a fitting for a death mask and John was happy to oblige. So you can go to Madame Tussauds <gasps> and see the wax figure of John Hay 
was actually a death mask that they did on his on his own face, on his face when he was dead. <sighs> the the wax figure in Madame Tussauds of John is wearing John's actual clothes. Uh-huh. Stop it. Isn't that freaky? God, they really went for it, didn't they? Right? It's like his cool. face, his real face and his clothes. Because, like, yeah, yeah, because the other, what are they called, models in, in Madame Tussauds, yeah. they're, I... Do they all get the moulding of the face? I thought some of them would just be like, they just kind of match it. I, yeah, I think it's mostly just by hand. Yeah. By hand. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, but then they do this death mask thing. Okay, and now I'm going to look it up right now. <laughs> and we will... John, do you think we seen him in Madam? We probably did. We just didn't know who I just he was. didn't know. We'll have to just go back and we can go John, hey. to the Kensington <gasps> Hotel. We can go to the, oh, the Gloucester Road and we'll go to see Madame Tussauds. Am I spelling his name right? How do you John spell it? H-A-I-G-H. Wait a minute, the wee moustache. Yeah, he has a moustache. Not what there I expected at all. That's really not what I expected. I was expecting like a wild man for some reason. What do you mean, like crazy looking? Like a bit more haggard looking. I don't know. I feel like I understand now how he kind of was able to swindle. Yeah. Because he looks quite proper. Doesn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very confident and well-spoken. Yeah. And, you know, and he looks like picture. he would have money. He's so put together. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very good. That was a great case. If you want to see pictures, obviously you can Google too, but we can we will put them on our yeah. Instagram. Yeah, we'll have them on the Instagram. Oh, and I forgot to say this was a Patreon patron. I think you said it at the start. Did I? Stephanie Leader, thank you so much for recommending this case and supporting Me Time and Murder. Yeah, it was a great case. Thank you very much. But yes, please rate, go to iTunes, give us five stars or above. (laughs) It's like an order. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And give us a nice glowing review. When you're there, that's when you can mention what Irish or British case you would like for us to cover or you can sponsor us on Patreon and talk to us there and yeah the link's in the Instagram it's all on the Instagram and it's in the show notes as well also we're going to start because we've got a few patrons we're going to start migrating some stuff over to Patreon releasing episodes on Patreon uh, very soon so go check us out anything yeah. else no all good I'm just going to book my flights to London now and <laughs> yeah it's happening Kensington Hotel here we go I can't wait till I come back and we do like a little me time and murder tour we can like we should like well, we need to well, we, well Zara and I really dropped the ball because we were in Dublin there last week. you didn't go to Darkie and- Kelly's we didn't go to Darkie oh. Kelly's. We went to Gino's and got ice cream. Oh, so I think you can understand <laughs> the choice we made. We were exhausted. I had just come back from Lisbon. I've not done so many activities in like you two so years. Busy, yeah, you went to see the Heather's, right? Which is also quite. We went dark, to see Heather's, it? which I see. I did not know it was about murder. Oh, uh-huh. and you liked it? It was good. So I was really shocked. I really liked it. Yeah, but so we need to do the Darkie Kelly's and. 
Yes, there's lots we need to do. There's we need lots. to just do the ghost tour in Dublin as well. We should do the ghost tour, yeah. I think it'd be so fun if we were able to like go to all the places that we've covered. Like even like the beach in Sligo with Bergen. <gasps> when you oh, that. yes. That. Yes, that would be good. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a little planned a little we trip. We can go and look yeah. for his purple bags and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to I hope they're not still <laughs> in the ocean <laughs> or in the... Uh, okay, the yeah. All right, we'll see you on the next one, guys. Slana Walia. Bye. The person. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Fuck me. What's wrong? Fuck me. What? Quick time stop (gasps) at some point. Oh, shit. Should have been watching it. There's not enough available space. Uh Uh-oh. Oh. On your computer? Yeah. I need to delete all my me time files. See, this is quite an old computer. Oh, right. I'm so glad I checked that. Oh, good. Something inside me just told me to check it. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.